Hi, I'm Jason Voss, Content Director with CFA Institute, and joining me today is Eng Kuk Song. Uh, until recently, he was the Chief Investment Officer for the Government of Singapore Investment Corporation. His more than 40-year career uh, saw stints at the Ministry of Finance, as well as uh, the Monetary Authority of Singapore. But today, we're not going to be talking about uh, this very, very uh, successful career in the investment business, so much as we're going to talk about another subject we think is equally important, and that's meditation. Meditation is particularly germane for the investment professional, believe it or not. Uh, and the reason why is because it helps you see the world better uh, with greater clarity. It also helps you become, we think, uh, a more ethical human being, uh, a topic germane to CFA Institute, of course. And we're not alone in this. Uh, and I keep saying we because I'm a, a meditator myself as well. But we're not alone in this. Uh, Ray Dalio of Bridgewater Associates is also a meditator, uh, as is Bill Gross of PIMCO, and the late Steve Jobs, also a meditator. So, Ang, welcome. Thank you very much, Jason. Delighted to be here. Thank you. Uh, our topic today, as I said, is meditation. And this is a subject which may seem a little strange for CFA Institute. Um, however, I think that Kok uh, Song is going to do a very nice job of showing you exactly why this is an important topic, not just for Alpha, but for the future of finance, as well as how to become a more ethical uh, practitioner of finance. So many in our audience may not be familiar with meditation. Um, I wonder if you could just briefly outline for us uh, what meditation is. Well, Jason... I think uh, it's useful to understand that meditation is about coming to a profound stillness of body and spirit. And this is not a new age phenomenon. I think when you meditate, we are entering a tradition, a tradition of meditation that has existed for thousands of years in all the major religions. But today, I think meditation has attracted um, <clears throat> a mass audience and uh, perhaps you could say a secular audience. Right. But important to understand that we are tapping into a wisdom tradition which has existed for thousands of years. So it is about coming to this profound stillness of body and spirit. How do you do that? What are the practical uh, way in which you come to this stillness. My own practice of uh, meditation involves three simple aspects. First, to bring the body to stillness, you have to learn to sit still. Now, to sit still, you have to be comfortable. So if you're sitting on a chair like this, sit with your back straight. So the rule posture is to have your spine upright and your back straight. And then <clears throat> take a couple of deep breaths to calm yourself. Close your eyes very lightly. Relax the muscles of your body, especially your face. Put your hands on your lap like this. And ask yourselves, can I maintain this stillness? for the period of meditation, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, or 25 minutes. 
And then the next step is to bring the mind to stillness. Now, to bring the mind to stillness, what you have to do is to discipline the mind to focus, to concentrate on one thing. And the tradition of meditation suggests, recommends that you take a word, a mantra, and what you have to do is learning to sound this mantra, this word, quietly within you and listen to it as you sound it. Now you will find that that is very challenging because your mind is constantly distracted. It is constantly wandering. And you might start off beautifully sounding the mantra, but every now and then your mind will be distracted. And the key to it is, as soon as you've discovered that you are distracted and you are not sounding the mantra, drop whatever distracting thoughts there are and just humbly return to sounding the mantra faithfully. So the way to deal with the distracted mind that we all have is the constant faithful repetition of the mantra. And the moment some distracted thoughts come into your mind about the markets, about the stock that you are interested in, and you realize that you're no longer sounding the mantra, drop it and just return to sounding the mantra. Or if you prefer to start off by meditating in a secular way, then you could use some meaningful word such as loving kindness, peace and joy, and just repeat this word continually within you during the time of meditation. And then the third aspect of my way of meditating is that I meditate every day. Right. Every morning and every evening. If you're serious about meditating. Now I've been meditating for over 25 years and so I now meditate 25 minutes in the morning, 25 minutes in the evening. Now do not be frightened by this commitment. The important thing is to begin. Right. If only once a day for 10 minutes, but begin. And then gradually, as you begin to meditate, your own experience will tell you that this is something worthwhile for you to do. And then you gradually increase your period of meditation. So I would recommend that uh, <clears throat> when you are finally able to develop the discipline, meditate every morning and every evening for between 20 to 30 minutes. What you've just described is a very simple process. You've given a very detailed answer, which is wonderful. Yes. But the main thing, to, I think, to emphasize, and I think you'd probably agree with me, is this is a simple practice. It's very portable, right? All you yes. need is yourself and some space. Exactly, Jason. I think this is the key. Not to understand, not, not to perceive meditation as a complicated technique, as an esoteric practice. No. It is radically simple. It is so simple that a child of five years old can do it, a very old person who is dementia can also meditate. So it's radically simple. And the right way to understand meditation is that it is a discipline. Yes. It is a discipline. And there are three aspects of this discipline. First of all, there's the discipline of committing the time of meditation every day. Secondly, there's the discipline of learning to sit still. And then thirdly, 
the discipline of humbly sounding the mantra and being content to sound it, leaving behind all thoughts. So this is a natural segue to the practical benefits because the subject of meditation itself is not necessarily interesting to our audience without that practicality because, of course, we're investment professionals and we want to add alpha. We want to be more ethical practitioners of finance. Talk to us about some of those benefits. Well, I think, first of all, you need to understand the, the significance of the practice. You know, how does sitting still and sounding this mantra every day how does that transform you as a human person or even transform you as a, as a financial analyst? Try to understand that in accepting this discipline, there are two powerful forces that comes into play. First of all, you are taking the time every day to be with yourself. I think it is probably the kindest thing that each of us can do for ourselves, to find that time for peace, for quiet. And what happens during the time of meditation is that in that stillness and in that silence, we are going to a place deep within us, our center, where there is a place of peace and harmony. And my teacher of meditation, the Catholic Benedictine monk John Main, said that the key to understand the value of meditation is that there is this principle of peace and harmony within ourselves. If only we can make the time to go there. What we are doing in meditating is we are doing a work. So don't be misled that you, know, you are just going on a relaxation exercise. No. In sitting still and saying the mantra, we are doing a work. And the work that we are doing is the work of paying attention. Right. We are fully awake, fully alert during the time of meditation. And the attention that we are cultivating is a very special attention. It is called selfless attention. Selfless attention in the sense that we are paying attention but we are paying attention not to ourselves, not to our thoughts, our ideas, our plans, our problems. We are simply paying attention to sounding the mantra. And in the process of doing so, as our attention is diverted from ourselves, we are transcending our ego. We are transcending our habitual mode of self-centeredness. So I think the power of meditation and it consists in our going to this place of peace and harmony within ourselves and learning to transcend our ego. And that's where you know, the, the benefits of meditation and the spiritual fruits of meditation you know, can be linked to. So for example, um, People who have meditated for many years, like Ray Dalio of Bridgewater, speak about meditation helping him to come to clarity of mind, creativity of thought, and the ability to perceive the truth, the reality of things. I mean, as you know, I think depending on your personality, we are usually 
operating either with our left brain or our right brain. Right. I think one good way of understanding meditation is that in meditating, we are activating perhaps the unused part of our brain. And because you're activating the other half of the brain, you then are able to see things as a whole right. in a more integrated way, you see? So I, from my own experience, I think that is how the clarity of mind and the creativity of thought comes about from the silence and the stillness. What you've just described is so important. Uh, behavioral fa- finance, which has captivated you know, the financial community now for the last almost 30 years, you know, it's very good at describing a tautology of errors, errors in judgment, uh, and essentially, though it doesn't give you a remedy. Um, what I hear you saying is that meditation is a way of coming to more conscious awareness of self, mm-hmm. of your surroundings, yes. of what's going on around you. And in that way, it could serve as a natural antidote uh, to some of these things that behavioral yes. finance rightfully points out that are errors in judgment. Am yes. I interpreting no, I, you correctly? I think this is a very, very interesting point. Yeah. And, and the way to understand it is that <clears throat> how do we come to see the reality of things? How do we see the truth of things? And the problem is that most of us tend to perceive reality or to perceive the truth of what's happening in a way that is distorted. It's distorted by our ego, our self-centeredness, our biases, our prejudices. You know, uh, We are very protective of our way of thinking. Sometimes we tend to sift information you know, for those things that confirm our biases. Yes. So I think the, the power of meditation in helping us to see the reality of things is that we are transcending the ego. We are leaving the ego behind. And by leaving the ego behind, by transcending the ego, we are better able to perceive reality undistorted by the, by the ego. Thank you very much, Koksong, for being here. If you would like additional information on this topic and other topics, please go to www.cfainstitute.org. Thank you for joining us today. Copyright 2013 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.